And we're live. We are live. Hello, everybody. I'm not alive. Just the three of us tonight. So um, thank you, everyone, for watching, tuning in, listening on YouTube or Spotify or Google Podcasts or wherever. Um, if you haven't already, can you, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. And if you're on, um, if you're on iTunes or anything other services, can you subscribe? And if you really feel generous, can you leave a comment um, and give us a star rating on those as well? Really help out. So there you go. We're off and rolling. And drink when you see Pete make a technical mistake. Podcast drinking game. <laughs> so first question, Robin, why have you styled your haircut on me? Because uh, I want to be like you. It's like a, it's like bad boys. I want to be, I want to be like Mike. <laughs> I had to put glasses on this week so people can tell us apart. That's all. To be fair, because I'm sitting right under this light as well, getting a real shine, so I do look I even more like you. You do look proper bald. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so we can now play. Is it Bill? Is it Robin? Or is it Johan? To be fair, I think it's just like, is it everyone else at a normal distance, or is Robin just like really far away because it's about the same size? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all my questions done for this week. There you go. That's it. Everyone's drained. Podcast. There we go. I was trying not to make technical mistakes in the background. No, I was quite fancy to drink too. So I will. I will ask if anybody's got questions on the old uh, group chat and uh, see what comes in. Yeah. Um, there was one question earlier today, though. Um, might as well start with the one that we've got, which was, um, does TPS UK, so Team Pedro Sauer UK, does it plan on having its own uh, location, own facility in the future? What's your dreams and aspirations around that? Go on, Pete. Go on, Pete. So for people that don't know, at the moment, we, we've been through different phases. So we've had um, a facility before. Um, that was sort of full-time, so it was tied to my PT studio. So we had a 900 square foot, I think it ended up being space, um, that was matted um, or could be matted really quickly with rollouts and stuff. And that was really good. Um, but it was getting even close on space then. Um, and the rent started to get extortionate, um, cripplingly so. So we moved out, I can't remember what year that was, but that was a year or two, a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, two years ago, I think now. Um, and we... Well, to be fair, to... Pete, it would have been almost three years, because it was just after we did our test, wasn't it? And that came out the other day. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So three years ago, and we moved out to um, a local leisure centre in Chelmsford, for our Chelmsford site. And we were already in a leisure centre for our South Woodham site, um, just to make it more affordable and actually to get us more space than we could get commercially. So, again, for anyone listening either from internationally, um, over here in the UK, believe it or not, actually, a big chunk of ours are from US, USA. Oh, okay. Hi. Um, so, and Australia. And so, shout out to those guys and Canada. And I think we had one from, it wasn't specific, but someone from Asia. So, could have been Singapore. Well, some Icelandic listeners too. And Icelandic. There you go. So we are international. So for people, I don't know what it's like wherever you guys are, but where we are, specifically in one of the towns that we're in, commercial rent is phenomenally extortionate um, to the point where, so for example, um, for Professor Manganello, his place that was sort of three times 
the size of ours um, at that time was about a third of the rent monthly. <laughs> and we have to pay business rates as well. So we then have to pay the British government or the local council. Um, we have to pay them about half a, again, it's about 49p on the pound for a rental once you get over 15,000 pounds, which for anything big enough to do jiu-jitsu, as you guys will know, easily takes you over into that threshold. So um, that's the boring bit. Yeah, that's pretty much the answer is that post-COVID, we might find that there's lots more things available and there's lots more things available for really cheap. Mm. However, we've got the converse thing that we haven't got many members now. <laughs> so <laughs> so whereas before we had loads of members and it was fantastic and I'm sure you know everyone will be back um, as soon as we can train again. But at the moment we're running sort of on a low in terms of members so it wouldn't make sense to have a center full-time because we wouldn't fill it with anyone and I, again i know they'll come back and stuff but you've got to kind of try and balance it to keep the club going and not you know um wipe yourself out financially before we can get ourselves going again so hopefully we might find ourselves in a situation where i know they've just said they're suspending business rates again for another year for the rest of the year um, so that makes things more affordable. But again, you've got to consider the fact that they might happen. They're going to come back at some point. Um, and yeah, we've just got to be prudent to make sure that, especially post-COVID, we've got the um, we've got the club run up and running and everyone back training and enjoying it. And the sports centres provide a lot of facilities that are hard to make when you have your own centre, like showers and changing rooms and things like that, um, that mean you don't have to sort of build those things. Um, but again, one day it would be really nice if we could have one, maybe two full-time centres in each of the towns that we currently run the jiu-jitsu in, um, whatever size they look like to accommodate people. And I don't know, it's, yeah, it'd be awesome um, to not have to move mats around and put mats up and down and, you know, be reliant on other people's schedules and, you know, put classes on whenever you like and as many classes as you like and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah. There you go. It would be lovely, but I think it's a, a wait and see. And then it's, again, it's finding the right location as well, isn't it? It's finding that place where, you know, I was driving around today and it's finding that place where you've got parking. Yep. Uh, obviously, I was in my local area and it was for business purposes that I was driving. But, nice you know, caveat. <laughs> my caveat, you got to fit in with everything. Um, and it genuinely was. So um, you've got to find somewhere that's got enough parking and when we were running at full strength, we sometimes had 30 people on the mat. So you've got to imagine that there's potentially 30 cars that need to be parked. Um, so you've got to find, that's the you know one thing you've got to find. Now, some industrial estates, okay, in the evenings, they're all emptied out anyway, so it's not too much of a problem. But anywhere else, you're, you know, you're kind of struggling unless there's a car park attached to it with park it or nearby that's free or very, very cheap um, to allow people to get there or you've got to be you know so close and if we wanted just one academy we've got to find somewhere in between South Woodham and Chelmsford that's easily striking distance for both so that you don't you know alienate members from either side of whichever club they train at some people train at both so not so bad for them but yeah so there's there's little bits and pieces none of them are insurmountable but it's got to be finding the right place the right time and the, yeah stars have got to align a little bit so yeah there you go. We always used to joke about, um, you know, buying an old church or something like that. Howard always used to say about doing that. I think it's a great idea, but 
now the world's gone the way that it's gone, I think we need to open a commune. <laughs> you just want to wear a toga, Bill. I've told you before. <laughs> no, I just, I just want to train. You're going to make me cry. I just want to train. Jay, Jay, Jamie says, can we come back to training yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> but for those people that are listening in other parts of the world, what I mean, what is the latest with us? Obviously, we're all still locked down, but any any views? Wait for Monday for the next update, right? Pretty much. Anything else is speculation, unfortunately, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look like anyone really knows. There was loads of stuff out. The Tony Blair Association or whatever it was <laughs> put something out. To be fair, I didn't pay much attention in 1998, let alone 20 years later. Exactly. He put something out and I was like... Okay, that's relevant. Um, <laughs> yeah, everyone's putting out what they think should happen. But so we were talking about yesterday. I think I don't know if we talked about it last night. On um, so for everyone that doesn't know, we do a quiz for all our members on a on a Thursday night, and um, we have a get together and good old laugh. Um, but I don't know if we talked about it last night, whether it was just you and me, Rob, where we um, said about. Potentially, I know it was this morning, we saw that potentially over 40s might get their COVID jabs in the UK um, in the March, beginning of April, mid-April, somewhere around that time. I think they get I think they get down to their they get down to the 50-year-olds um, from or by sorry, the 24th of March, something like that. Um, so basically they, they were they were discussing whether or not they were going to open it up you know to quite a big chunk of you know big age group right um, you know immediately after that's what that's where the end of march thing comes from because they've got to get through the the current the current group first so feasibly i don't know what the situation is that they're negotiating like vaccine passports with other countries that if you've had your vaccine you can go and uh, you can visit that other country whether we like the idea of that or not it looks like <laughs> countries might um enforce it on us um, something the other day saying that the, was it one of the was it Greece or some of the islands were basically yeah. saying we just want people we need people yeah I think it was Greece that started that conversation and then so we could feasibly get our jabs I don't know whether it's one jab or whether you've got to have had both or whatever possibly fly to Iceland in June <laughs> go to uh, go to summer camp in Iceland train with everyone roll with everyone not have to social each other each other and then get back on a plane, come home, and then have to stand two metres away from each other again. <laughs> so we could be in this really weird middle ground where every other country, well, not every other country, but a lot of other countries like that haven't got social distancing, but if you've had your vaccines, you can go, but not at home. So that's a weird situation. As exciting as that sounds, it also sounds pretty scary and potentially really, really embarrassing. <laughs> Are we talking about the showers again, Bill? <laughs> no, no, we're talking about the, how to defend the cross choke. But I, honestly, I've got no idea anymore. I'm losing it. <laughs> I'll just be, I'll just be so, uh, so happy. <laughs> I won't care. Just be running around, just, just like, just, just choke me, please, yeah, please, please. Yeah, well, that'd be nice, but yeah, it doesn't. I don't know. It's going to end up. There's going to be some weird crossover where something like that exists, isn't there? Yeah. I think I think it's it's the um it's 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 to do with the you know the size of the populations, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. it's we we've got quite a few people to get through, but we you know we we're doing we're doing quite well if you kind of put it on a per capita basis. Cracking on pretty well. Yeah, cracking on pretty well. 
So the other thing I had, we oh. missed, we kind of missed this because we've had guests. We haven't really talked to them about it. But there was this thing ages ago that I've been sending these guys and everyone will know about and we're super late to the party on talking about this one, which is the guy on the BJJ Fanatics Forum or Facebook group. The white belt talking about... <laughs> talking about the purple belt that he tapped out with a bow and arrow choke and some micro adjustments. He, he took the back with micro adjustments, yeah. Took the back with micro adjustments and um, did all of that stuff. Um, I don't know if, I think you guys have both seen kind of the thread or bits of the thread. because I, just... I didn't really read the original thread. I just saw absolute torrents of like, <laughs> memes afterwards and the fact that the guy was starting to sell his own merchandise. Yeah. <laughs> so I read like, I, I'll see if I can find it for you guys to show you in a second. But the original one. But I saw, I saw it, and as soon as I read it, I thought it was someone trolling. Like instantly, thought it was someone trolling. I was like, "That's funny. I like that. That's quite clever." But I seem to be the only person when I read through the thread that thought he was trolling. Like it was so ridiculous that I was like, "You can't be buying that this is someone being serious." And all there was was like. <laughs> Robin said the memes didn't quite start until the next day and on a different thread, but they got better and better. But the first, the first bit was just everyone going, "I think you need to learn some humility, young man." And oh, now you're dead. You know that purple belt's never going to let you work with him again. And oh, he's going to squash you and wait till you go back to training and all this. And some of them might have been tongue in cheek, but no one seemed to have got the joke. And I still can't work out whether he was trolling or not. But like you say, he's now a jujitsu. Mega star. Yeah, he's, he's a jiu-jitsu influencer. <laughs> he's a jiu-jitsu influencer. He'll have his own his own fat my uh, fans only account <laughs> by the end of the week. That's I'll right. see if I can find the um, hang on, I'll see if I can find the uh, original post. Did I send you the original post? I, you did, but I, I, I disregarded that evening, and then I got lost in the memes the following day. Because then it will be I can search it through our group rather than it's in there somewhere. I can just look at the images and just see if it comes up. Searching conversation. Micro adjustments. Are they smaller than macro adjustments? I'll never always get them back. By, by definition, yeah, I think so. I can never remember which way around they are. I guess you could have pico adjustments as well if you really want it to go small. Nano? Yeah, nano. <laughs> oh, now you got me. I can't remember which one's which now. No, that's my... That's my uh, I should banish myself for not not remembering the order of these things. <laughs> I've triggered him. He's going to not think about anything else now until he's done that one. I'm past caring. A, a year into lockdown, I'm, I'm past caring. You guys talk much, yourselves. So, Bill, while um, while Pete's doing stuff that doesn't really work very well on uh, on audio, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I don't know what, what, what's going on. Are you okay? You family, family well? <laughs> oh, you're really, really good. Really good. Really good. Um, loving life. Genuinely am loving life. I quite like the the, the, the crazy um, kind of routine that comes. You know, like, I can almost I know exactly where I am in the week based on what's going on. Um, so yes, in some respects, I'm finding that quite quite comforting. Yeah. I know there's, there's there's obviously a whole bunch of sort of negatives of, of you know with this whole thing, but I, I guess you you've got to take the 
take the, the good aspects of it. And obviously that's going to vary from person to person. Not everyone's going to be having very much good at all, are they? But when you have got them, I, I suppose you've got to be quite um, appreciative of that. Less variables, so I'm achieving a hell of a lot more. Yeah, I think in the, in, in the day job, I think I'm definitely more productive because it's you just get your head down and get on with it. Yeah. They're trying to bring it back to jiu-jitsu, which is what we're supposed to be talking about. But no, like the whole, the whole, that whole concept for me about kind of less variables, more, um, yeah, more success is something that I think I will be applying. Oh, to, that's massive. That's massive. To, to the, to that the was that conversation we were having. With, well, I said to Dave Porter a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? It's like. I'm just, I just, I just like doing the real, the fundamental stuff over and over again, and just try and get better at those, and uh, and kind of slicker, slicker ways of doing those. You know, I haven't got time to do fancy stuff. You know, it's too, too. It's not like hours in the day as it as it, as it is. You know. Yeah, I get it. That was yeah. someone said that. Come who said that to me the other day. They were like part of the conversation was about having extra time and stuff and obviously yeah i'm saving a bit of you know commuting time and stuff but most of the um most of my evenings and stuff are still the same i'm not on the mats teaching but i'm just on zoom teaching instead yeah see i've you know I've, i don't have a, a body to train with for the uh, for most of the classes so i'm not as many of those i'm still getting to remember the stuff from uh, working with the kids but that's that's a little bit different but um Teaching on the Zoom and on the video, is that going to change, do you think, how you will teach in person? Uh, oh, Pete's, Pete's like, shaking his head. I, I think it might do. I think it might do. Um, I don't know. I think sometimes you, all I've, what I've seen is just, I've seen different things. I've seen the different paces that people are kind of getting stuff. So maybe... Maybe that might affect pace. I don't think the actual content changes. I don't think the delivery changes a whole load. Maybe the pace, you know, just making sure people are kind of not given too long to do something that they get completely bored and just start looking, you know, doing practicing some move they saw on YouTube with their buddy, but at the same time not rushing through it either, you know. But was was that was was that caused by this? Was that caused by Zoom? Maybe not. It's just spending a bit of time watching people train. Yeah, I guess the thing that we don't get as much on the, on the Zoom is that kind of that kinesthetic piece. So if somebody's really, really struggling, being able to kind of feel. I, I do. I do think. Well, I've, that's one thing I have had to try and think is like, like more it's exquisitely simple ways of describing the same thing. Just hopefully something clicks. You know, not not you know, trying to refrain from just repeating the same thing. No, I said do this. You know, because that's obviously going to go down really well. But just trying to kind of coax someone, just a, a different way of explaining the same problem or, this, or or the same solution, I guess, to try and convey that. You know, purely by sort of verbal and kind of um, visual means, as opposed to going, "Hang on a minute, I'll just show you." Which is always the which was always the save all position when you were teaching in person, right? Yeah, and that's kind of the problem, isn't it? Is you've lost, you've you've got three of your ways of learning possible via Zoom, but you've lost the, you've, the big one for jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, you've lost the kinesthetic bit, which is, you know, how you know what you know, see what that feels like. 
What does the other side of that feel like? Yeah. And you do it to me so I can feel what you're doing because actually it looks okay, but there's something not right. Okay, where does it not feel right? So you as a coach have them do it on you. And then you've got the other side where they can feel it when you do it to them. And hopefully it feels, you know, unpleasant. Um, so that they get the feeling of it. And yeah, for me, that's the bummer because that's how I learn most of my stuff. Is I, is I'm totally visual and kinesthetic. So I need to see it and then I need to, you know, and then I can make my micro adjustments yeah, attack the back exactly so I can you know but yeah I think I don't know I don't know if it will change anything for me you could possibly say that means I haven't learned anything but <laughs> I didn't say that <laughs> <laughs> it's a you know it's a good it's a good substitute it's been amazing the amount of people like when you you know when you're on and in the class that have got partners training and that have yeah, that's you know, awesome. supported supported their partner's uh, habit, as it were. Yeah, well, so we've had um, sort of three significant others get you know get their yeah first stripes this week. It was it's quite a quite a landmark, really. Yeah, and hopefully they're enjoying it autonomously, aren't they, rather than just doing it for the other person. Even if that's how it started now, hopefully. And that's quite good because even if they never do jiu-jitsu again after all of this, at least they it's that thing if you always want to get out some fundamental skills, isn't it? And self, fundamental self-defense skills. Yeah. And they would have gained, all right, there's a lot of the self-defense syllabus that we haven't been at, you know, haven't been out of cover because of space and some people have mat, some people not, and bits and pieces, but at least they've had that kind of first six months to a year of training jiu-jitsu which might be enough to keep them safe if something ever happened yeah i think back to my question i think it would change what i would do in class slightly i think what i'd probably introduce a few more kind of questions is a tendency just to like like we were saying earlier like demonstrate and then ask people to kind of replicate some people that you know just turning up maybe haven't switched their brain on, they're just kind of going through the motions. But it's, that, it's that asking that question, why do you think we do this? Or how do you think we could make this better? Um, I think that starts to make people understand what it is they're doing, why it is that they're doing, and, and start to move a little bit faster towards the, the kind of the, the concepts that we've been talking about in our other podcasts. Yeah. Instead of just think about, I need to remember the steps of the move. You know, and, and I think if you keep asking that why question, and, and, and the only reason it kind of like jumped out at me this week was I think we were, uh, one of the kids' classes and, and uh, Pete, I think you started asking why and then, and then for the rest of the class when we were on mute, me and Aaron, I just kept saying to him why, why, why? And I was really surprised actually at how many, how much he could come up with, you know, as, as, as answers. And, and and you could see like the little light bulb going off in his head when he when he when he realised what he was doing and why he was doing it. It was it was just powerful. Yeah, I think we've all we've always asked, haven't we? Like obviously we ask if anybody's got any questions. But to be fair, that probably is a situation that's tricky for fundamentals because they don't know what to. Although we do get questions quite a lot where they go, "Oh yeah, but I didn't see this bit," or "Why are you putting your hand there?" So they do. People do ask questions. And they do ask good questions. And kind of, we always say that oh, that's a good question because actually, ninety-nine percent of the time, it is a really good question. Mm. You know, people are, you know, were always asking kind of 
relevant questions. And sometimes it's questions that made me think about stuff and go, oh, yeah, why, why is that? Okay, that's because of that. Or not knowing and saying, I don't know, I'll find out though. Um, so maybe, yeah, more directed questions might be a good yeah. idea. Like I, I, like I do in the kids' class naturally, I think, because I slip into teacher mode. Mm. So I automatically like question them, one, to make sure they're paying attention. <laughs> um, but also, you know, as a, as a you know, as a, questions no it's gone 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 Doesn't do you matter. remember the question pete no i don't think that was the question that's the problem yeah no i think you're right i think just checking apart from, apart from just kind of cementing your learning you know there is that there is that um the element of a, of a test which where, you know you get put on the spot and why do you do that you know, and, and unless it's happening more regularly... Bill, we want people to come back to class. <laughs> <laughs> no, not torture people. But then imagine if their first experience of that is at a test, they might not come back. There might be another reason why you stop once you get a blue belt. <laughs> it, is a good, it is a good thing to... That's what I was thinking about. It is a good thing to, when someone's in the midst of doing something, getting them to stop and answer a question and think so that they can think clearly in the midst of doing something like that that's probably a, a fight IQ thing as well, that you can think rationally and sensibly when you're in the middle of doing something that's actually technical. Um, there's probably something to do with that. But, yeah. We'll have to give it a go, Bill. We'll give you some feedback when we, when we can. I'll ask you what you think of it. Yeah, that's a good, that'll be a good question. <laughs> Anyway, that's, that's me exhausted now. I've done all of my questions. I'm, 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 my whole point of talking about, going back to before everyone starts screaming at us, going, you never talked about the thing. Um, my whole point of that BJJ Fanatics, that whole thing about that guy trolling, was he not trolling? Actually, it was more, I don't know if you saw um, what Bill Jones um, put up, which was that um, it was actually more bullying than it was actually funny yeah and i looked at it and i was like yeah I, gu I guess as well it depends on the um that's what i was saying about the context of whether he was trolling or not because if he was trolling it wasn't because that was the reaction he wanted to create but if he wasn't and he was being he had a slip in uh 
his humble better word his his modesty then it probably is bullying but all of those people that went back and, and caused trouble or, or you know responded in a way that could be considered bullying maybe they've not learned that lesson in jiu-jitsu which is that you don't give the reaction that people expect or what exactly here's deep for you yeah <laughs> I mean, that's part of the reason I was surprised. One, I was just surprised that people had fallen into the trap. <laughs> I was just like... The, the cheese don't trace the mouse. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was thinking about myself, and I was thinking, like, some of the memes and stuff that came afterwards were genuinely hilarious. Some of them were really good, like, put to cartoons and stuff, and really, like, funny. But then you go, oh... Am I now just participating in the bullying? <laughs> or am I just finding something funny because it's funny? Tough line to pull away. I don't believe in that. Ooh, controversial. I don't believe in that ego thing with jujitsu. Go on. What? <laughs> what? So playing devil's advocate, I don't think that. I think you go through phases. I think jujitsu dissolves your ego to start with, especially. So maybe for the first couple of years it does. I think once people get to higher belts, brown belt, black belt, then if they're not careful, I think that just comes back again. So if you're that sort of person, I think it just comes back. Especially if you then become the person, you run a club and you... You know, you don't have a ton of exposure to other black belts and things like that. So you're not rolling with other black belts a lot or other people of the same level as you and you become sort of top of your tree. I think there's a risk that if you're that sort of person, I think they just go back to having an, an ego, but even bigger ego because they're more dangerous. Now you've got skills. Now you've got skills, right? <laughs> Discuss. <laughs> Trying to work out if you're calling Rob a big ego bully. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. I can see what you mean. I can see that that, that could easily happen. Um, I'd like to think, though, that if that person's continuing to learn, which, you know, they, they, they should be, that there's always somebody that, that, would, uh, that would keep them in check, so to speak. And, uh, and just by having that appreciation of, of what is possible should keep them grounded to a degree. It's whether or not they keep that same uh, mindset through every aspect of their life or just when they're being, you know, student, not instructor. I don't know. I just think there's a few people out there who don't follow that thing. So they train, they're top of their tree and they don't, um, I don't think they carry on growing mentally and, and again they haven't got too much around them to challenge them if you know what I mean so it becomes and sometimes you'll get a humbleness when they know that they're, they're with someone that can uh, that can put it on them but that doesn't exist if that person's not around yeah maybe I think that's a that's, that's a that's a that's a one of those problems that's perennial with kind of martial arts in general isn't it generally with with uh with jiu-jitsu it's normally normally a little bit less because there is that kind of 
uh, honesty, you know, honesty through training, you know, that, that which doesn't occur in most in, in most other arts to the same kind of extent or level or um, you can't bluster your way through it and say, oh, well, I, I was only going six out of 10 because if I was going 10 out of 10, whatever, you know, whatever. So you haven't got that, but I, I say, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's better than other martial arts, but I don't think it's it's completely eradicated. I just think it gets lent on too much, doesn't it, as a philosophy of jiu-jitsu. And I don't think it's necessarily about the jiu-jitsu. Like you say, it keeps you honest as an art because you have to get on the mat and roll. But I don't think it... Um, I don't think it's anything special about the... It's kind of wrong. Not There's nothing special about the art in that regard, but because I've just said there is, because you actually roll it at full pace, or you can do if you want to. But I don't think it's a magic bullet for dealing with that problem. No. Yeah. And I think sometimes people make too much of that. People that aren't very nice continue going to continue to not be very nice, right? So, um, so here's a question that crossed my mind earlier in the week. <clears throat> There's obviously been lots and lots in the press lately about um, concussive injuries and the links to dementia. Um, rugby, I think, was on the news a couple of days ago, and then football keeps the sport or the place. Sorry, was it the sport or the place? No, the, the sport, the sports, <laughs> um, the, the, the sport of rugby. Um, oh, okay, not the city of rugby. The, the, the sport of, uh, of football or soccer from from heading the ball. Sorry, and what? Just, just call it soccer. <laughs> No, but it just made me think, like, with with all of like, the, the, the stand-up and the throwing element, um, you know, we, we teach people how to break fall and, and whatever else, but there's still, if you spend a long time at the start of class, you know, getting thrown into the mat, you know, like, which I really quite like, but then I started to worry. You've got a weird thing about it. I like being thrown. It made me think, you know, like, it's not my head that's taking a pounding, but there, there is an element. Well, of, it kind of does, just because you've got some sort of momentum and it's got to decelerate yeah, to some exactly. extent. So I, I was wondering, like, you know, is there, well, you know, in time, in years to come, will there be links between, you know, that that um, and, and, uh, and, and dementia? God knows. It's got to be some kind of, some kind of um, trade-off, you know. Because like, they say the same, the same as you say with football, like heading the ball. Well, it's like, well, what's the what's the benefit of the exercise? You know, yeah. what's in, in terms of keeping you fit, keeping you healthy, keeping you strong, keeping you active, versus uh, you know some detriment. And you've got to quantify both sides of that and say actually on balance, I think I'd I'd rather take the the, the approach. Yeah, you know, um, but it depends. It's a person. It's a personal choice thing. Mm. You know, some people are more happy with that. Some people are less risk adverse. I suppose it's better than uh, than kickboxing or, or, or boxing when you're yeah, constantly punched <laughs> in the head. I, I, last time, like I used to spar like, quite a lot, um, and after it was quite a long time ago, actually. I reckon it must be what year would that have been? It's got to be at least probably fifteen years ago. 
12, 12 minimum, 15 years ago, probably, was, like, I remember I got, I was sparring, I was sparring a, a southpaw, and, I, you know, not, not not to say anything, but I was probably getting the better of him, and he was quite a burly guy. Like, I was getting Did the better. Did you some micro adjustments? No, no, no I was just, just outboxing him, really, and all of a sudden, he just clocked me with it, because he was southpaw, I got it from the, like, not from the side I was expecting. So I've got this big left, and um, honestly, I could see, like, proper double vision like people talk about like seeing stars and double vision and i had double vision for two three hours it's like it, 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 it and that did that did make me kind of um you know adjust my adjust where that balance was i couldn't do that again and like even, even like for the next week after it's like i'm not a, not a massive black eye but like a like a bruise and like if you'd like you know i I don't know the last time you guys had black eyes, but you have quite a bad black eye. You lay down and it hurts because it pulls up with blood, right? So even once the headache's gone, I've now got I, my my face is aching because I've got a like, bruise. I'm like, I don't need to do this as much. I had. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. What was that? How long ago was that? Fifteen years minimum. Like it's a, that kind of that kind of time. I, I remember. Yeah, it's it's got to be about that. Was that the last big black eye? Yeah, probably. But it's but I say it wasn't even like 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 a rugby player one. I remember when I was a kid, I was running around outside on studs. Me that never did any sport, I was convinced to go and play rugby. Running out there, skidded on the on the on, on the concrete and landed on my face, and my face came out like something out of Star Trek. <laughs> I didn't even make it to the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't like a growth on the side of my head, but it was enough that when, like, once I got up in the morning, I was like, oh yeah, that. <laughs> I think <laughs> I remember later on in doing kickboxing when I was training with Murray, I remember once getting hit and dropped and the mats were green or were they blue? I can't remember which way around it was. They were either green or they were blue, but when I sort of came round, they were the opposite colour to the one they should be. So let's say the mats were blue. When I came round, the mats were green. And I was and like, stayed that way to this day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they gradually phased back into being blue again. I was like, oh, okay, that was weird. And then got up and carried on sparring. <laughs> yeah, at that point, you probably need a little bit of time out. For another, for another round or two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm worried about my head. Yeah, I did. I did quite a few when I was um, when I was young, like just falling off the of bikes and stuff. I remember like almost like, knocking myself out cold and having you know seeing stars and stuff. I think I, I, I probably blocked up a few over the, over the, over the last you know four decades. Is yeah, that why you had to pedal to five every time, or was it three? Five? Why would it be five? <laughs> Mentalist. Ooh, it was four. four. <laughs> <laughs> Preferably 16. I like the number 16, all right? Uh, yeah, you've got to explain that now. <laughs> I think we have, haven't we? Haven't we explained that before? Um, I don't know. On this one, uh, yeah, kind of in passing, maybe. No, I just, I just like to do balance out left and right. You know, so when I was pedaling, when I was trying to learn how to ride a bike without stabilizers, I'd rather fall off than not do an even number of pedals. But it wasn't even even numbers. Like I prefer fours. 
you know, two's all right, but that's not that's not an equal number on each side. It's an equal number on each side, but it's not good. It's not balanced out. So it's, it's, not, even, it's not an even equal number on both sides. Well, it's, basically, it's not. A, it's not a square number. Yeah, it's not a square number. One forward and one back with it. <laughs> well, kind of. Yeah, it's, it's along those lines. Yeah. Um, so yeah, where, where four's good, sixteen is better. So you know, I, I was like. <laughs> and I'd rather I'd fall off because they're just competitive. Yeah, so I've kind of got over these things a little bit as I've got older, but only just. I bet you. Uh, I bet you nearly wet yourself when you did four point base, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think you're right. I think there will be in the future, uh, more and more now. But I think there will be in the future a thing about. Contact sports. I don't know whether I don't know what they'll do, but like we say, there's got to be an element of personal choice in it. You've got to have that opportunity to make your own decision. The problem, I guess, they'll bring up is that maybe you're too young to make the right decision if you start early. Yeah, no, it's, de it's definitely some of that, I guess. But it's a bit like the kids' classes. We don't do, especially at the moment, obviously. But in face to face, we don't do loads of throwing, do we? We don't do tons of takedowns. We do the self-defense syllabus and we do, you know, the the groundwork. We're not making them a bit like you would if, like when I did judo when I was a little kid. It was just constant throw, 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 impact, impact, impact. You know, and as an adult as well, a bit less of it because, you know, obviously it started to modernize by then, by the time I came back to it. But again, how do you get around? How do you get around it with kickboxing or, you know, you don't. And then now they're saying it's mi micro concussions. It's those small, it's those like small bumps. So even things like water skiing where you're bouncing, you know, it's causing repetitive, it's those repetitive small amounts of bouncing or hit, you know, shaking of the head or whatever that's a problem. So you're going to end up, well, the only way to do it is just to sit down all day and don't move and which is really good for you as well. <laughs> really good for you, right? What's going to kill you quicker? But maybe people that have got family... Oh, yeah, me. Maybe people that have got family histories of dementia maybe want to consider not doing as much of that. Yeah. You know? I, I think I remember... Uh, was it Rhonda Patrick podcast on... I think she might have been on... Joe Rogan, but that was was it one of the one of the genes APO four or something? I don't know, something like that. It's like if you've got a certain allele on that, then you're more like you know you're more uh, likely to have concussive based injury, you know, problems. Yeah, more vitamin D and more omega three people. That's how I live my life. Exactly. It was also I think it's also broccoli sprouts or something, but I've never quite. Yeah, it was something to do with what vitamin was in the morning. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. If only I didn't have the head trauma, I'd have remembered. Yeah, basically, yeah. That and other times, getting back from training, again with Murray driving back from South End and getting back and looking at each other and going, how did we get here? <laughs> or not knowing how to get home. We drove out from the academy one day and drove down the road and went, how do we get home? And this is like Murray having done it for a couple of years before that, three times a week. And me, that was about a year in. And I just went, I don't know. Let's just try that way. 
Oh, well. To be fair though, I have driven around Southend with you before, Pete, and you haven't got, any cl- you haven't got a clue myself. No yet. idea. <laughs> I literally knew how to drive to the academy and drive home. I never went to Southend other than that. <laughs> Which is probably a good thing. No idea. So, uh, other than getting back to training, what else are you looking forward to this year? Going outdoors. Going indoors, weirdly. <laughs> oh yeah, going into other people's <laughs> Going into my own indoors. Going into my own studio. Yeah. Yeah, going into an, to an indoors of somewhere that isn't your primary residence. I think that covers most bases. Do you think we're going to get the same, um, same kind of period of where we're able to get together, but only outside and that sort of stuff again? Um, I, think- I was having this conversation with someone earlier. I think so, because I think they're going to be, again, like... We could be well off the mark here, but I think, I think they, I think they will because if they they want to taper it back in to make sure that one people don't go kind of crazy and just go, you know, like looks like spring break all of a sudden because the restrictions are off. You know, you want to kind of human human <laughs> behavioural wise, you want to make sure that you kind of give people a bit of an off ramp, you know, yeah. um, and also it gives you gives a chance to actually see what what's worked, what hasn't worked. Oh, actually, that was probably more risky than we expected. You know, that's what I said. But I, the conversation I was having earlier was I don't think there'll be quite so much granularity going back down in terms of like, I think when they shut things off, in some cases, they were trying to keep certain facets of things open, if that makes sense. You know, like, are we, you, can, you, can, you can go to the pub, but you have to go, you have to leave by 10 o'clock. You can go to the pub, but now you have to have a scotch egg with your with your pint because that's a substantial weight, all that sort of stuff. I think I, I don't think you'd have the reverse of that because that was trying to cling on to something as opposed to stepping back to something. Yeah. So I think it's like it's not happening until it's happening. You won't get so much of a slope, if that kind of makes sense. That was my thinking anyway. I think that makes sense. It's either you're going to be able to do it or you're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. So maybe in, in a sort of in a sort of gym environment or something like imagine you've got a swimming pool, like a facility that's got a swimming pool, like a, a studio and like a, a weights area, weights weights and cardio sort of area. Well, are you going to open one before the other? Maybe, but I can't see how you, that can last for too long because, well, you've got staff like like staff that cover all of those bases. In terms of like receptionists and stuff, you've only got like a third of your footfall coming in, then you don't need that receptionist. Yeah. For example, you know. So I think there's there's, there's a little bit of that. Whereas on the way down, people were trying to okay, look, we'll, we'll do that because we can stay open and we can we can just about do this, you know. So um, so to to tidy up my question then, if we think that we're going to end up being able to exercise outside before we're allowed to exercise indoors. I don't even know if that came out right then. Um, I, I think I know what you mean. Um, do you reckon we'll go back to um, some sort of like functional training outside in the normal class yeah. times? If that's something that we have the opportunity to do and there's a sensible enough time period, like if they say, oh, we, you can do this for two weeks and then after that you can go back to doing... Yeah. something a little bit further on you, you might skip it but if if you're there for an indeterminate period of time which is you know uh, yeah whatever what, you know like we've done throughout we, we, we kind of whatever we've been able to do we've kind of we've kind of done it really you know not not that, that sounds like you're you're stretching the boundary but i don't mean it in that way i mean like if you can train outside okay we're training outside okay yeah. you can go back 
but everything's all your little training islands have got to be sort of socially distanced apart from each other. Okay, we'll do that. You know, whatever we've, we've had the, whatever we've been permitted to do, we've done rather than going, no. Yeah. And when that kind of reverted back to living room Zoom, okay, it's living room Zoom again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with that, <clears throat> that's a question I've seen asked a lot as well. It's just slanting the question. It's like, because you were talking about training and can we, you know, if it goes back to can we train outside and doing some training outside, can we do it? So many people have been asking, I've seen on forums and stuff about what try, what's the best training I should do to supplement my jiu-jitsu and to get myself ready for jiu-jitsu. Like it's asked so much and it's so simple. And like Rob and I get irritated is the wrong word because it's my job not you know to help people with stuff like that. But you need to do, for a start, you need to do something it doesn't matter what you do, do something like, you know, this is kind of more of an appeal than advice. So if you're going to do like start doing something now, so it doesn't matter whether you're joining in with the gymnastica classes or whether you're um, going to go and like Bill's doing with his rowing, you know, setting yourself a little challenge with something like rowing, which actually is a pretty good, it's not a bad crossover as things go. Um, or you, you know, start doing a little circuit training at home or you do, you know, whatever it is, or, you know, you go to the far extreme and you, you are working with a personal trainer or whatever, or you've got a kettlebell at home. Yeah, there you go. That's and not a kettlebell, that's a doorstop. And do some. <laughs> you can't pick up the Alinko, can he? Can't do both of us. <laughs> um, or, yeah, get a kettlebell and start doing some kettlebell workouts. Obviously, if you haven't done them before, with some sort of uh, supervision or training as to how to use them. Nice caveat again, Pete. That's, good. That's a good second one for the evening. I'm covering myself. Yeah. Um, you know, do something. Preferably, if you're starting at the beginning, start with some real basic fundamental strength training. Do the core movements of some sort of deadlift, some sort of squat, some sort of row, some sort of press. And just keep it simple and make sure that you can leave one in the tank after every set and just gradually progress up and get strong and that will pretty much solve most of your injury risk before you go back. Yeah. You're going to have to take some personal responsibility before you go back to jiu-jitsu and don't just rock up day one without having done something. Because especially if you've been sat on the couch for the last 12 months, it's gonna you're going to get injured. You're going to instantly get injured and then be out again because you haven't done anything. And now's the perfect time. If you've got injuries or problems, <clears throat> sort your rehab now rather than waiting for you it's know like prehab as well isn't it yeah it's not, it's not have you got an issue it's like let's make sure you don't have an issue exactly prevention is better than the cure and i know it's tough i know people are stuck you know there's so much stuff out there now every trainer in the world and every man's dog is doing it but at least try and follow someone sensible um and controversially i'd say that's not joe wicks Do you mean Paul Nichols from EastEnders? That's it. But seriously, just those that hit, again, that same thing of going straight into these hit workouts or whatever, having not done anything. You know, you've done nothing and then suddenly you go out and you do a, you know, a 20-minute hit thing with mountain climbers and all these crazy movements and someone screams and shouts at you through the TV. They're not going to help you with your jiu-jitsu. They're not going to help you not get injured. They're rubbish. <laughs> 
All right, don't do them unless you're already preconditioned. They're not going to help you. There's a reason why you know Pavel called his company Strong First. Get strong first, then go and do all that other stuff. The thing is, like we've had this conversation before, and we, without getting into what we what people um, shouldn't be doing, but maybe what they should be doing is you say we said before we about sort of widening the base of the pyramid. Like if you if you imagine strength is that base, then the wider that wider that base, the higher the pyramid can go. You know. Yeah, yeah. We do Means the you train more effectively when you do the other stuff. So if you've got a good a good base of strength, then you can you know your power development's going to be better. Your yeah. hypertrophy is going to be better if you decide you want to go on go on a kind of a, a muscle building sort of uh, period because you can do it. You can you you can you can carry more weight. You know, we say all the time in class about your suit of armor that if you haven't had a yeah. like a background in physical activity and sport, and I'm lucky that I've always enjoyed sport and always played sport and always done something. So yes, I am quite injury prone, but that's probably old existing injuries from sport. But I've also got a, a reasonable level of, you know, awareness of where my body is and and a bit of strength in the structures like my tendons and ligaments that if you don't have that, then, you know, you you're, you need to start with You don't need any equipment necessarily. So, so is a, a different angle on it for you? Because we're talking about what you should do to get ready for and, and be able to. But... You look at elite athletes and they build into their program periods for recovery. Right. Most people don't do that. They, they, they just carry on training or carry on working or whatever you apply to, just carry on, carry on and just you know, wear themselves into the ground. But it takes, you know, I think elite athletes have it well in the sense that they build in periods for, for recovery. What would you say is a good recovery? Um, you know, strategy or, or things to build into your your recovery if you're you know training jujitsu or as you're building up to to get ready for jujitsu. What, what would you add? Because you, you do some other stuff as well, don't you, Pete? On the like the, the physiotherapy side and the massage and, and those sorts of things. What, what 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 should people look at? I don't think most people are overtrained. I think they're under recovered. So a bit like what you were saying, I think I don't think the most normal people don't overtrain. They, like you say, they just don't schedule in proper recovery. And proper recovery doesn't mean that you have to sit on the couch and watch a complete Netflix on your days off. It's actually kind of the opposite, that you kind of need to, say you do your heavy workout, which again, without going too far into the weeds and turning it into a strength conditioning podcast, you it, say you do a, he, a heavy weight day. So you do your deadlift, you do your squat, you do your pull-ups, you do you know your fundamental move, you do some sort of press-ups or pushing movement if you're lucky enough to have a, access to equipment. And that, if you're doing it properly, so you're doing you know three to five repetitions, just about leaving one in the tank, five sets, that's neurologically challenging physically you might walk around for the rest of the day feeling fine you might not be sore the next day because that's the idea of strength training you can keep progressing but you're neuro neurologically fatigued so your rest day should actually maybe just be changing activity so you can still be active and rest so you could go for your walk or you know being a bit cliche but that's about all you're allowed to do right now 
go for your walk or get on your exercise bike and do a real low level recovery session. And then once you've done that, as you're cooling down, do your stretching, get on your foam roller, do some of your foam rolling stuff, do some of your stretching and use that. Or to be fair, again, without, you know, that sound too much of a promotion for us, you do your strength training and then the next day you go and do the gymnastica class so that you get warmed up, mobilized. But if you look at your heart rate and what's being challenged when you do it, it's not going crazy, you know? You could have quite a hard interval cardio workout the day before. And then you could go and do gymnastica the next day as a way of stretching out and remobilizing from doing that session. So if you think like the common injuries and things, I'm, I don't know, might be making it up now, but often people end up with back problems and uh -huh. else from jiu-jitsu just because yeah. of the, you know, the, the being folded up kind of element of it. Good recovery for that? People do need to take more care of their spine. They do definitely need to take more care of their spine. And there's only a couple of ways of doing it. And one is, again, being strong. So it never causes a problem in the first place. So you've got your suit of armor from being strong. And then the second thing is, um, some again, some sort of foam rolling for your back or um, using the peanut lacrosse balls that we talked about loads. We talked to people in class and just putting them on one bit of your vertebrae, lying on them putting on a bit of pressure, lying there for five minutes until you feel like you can relax over it, move it down another vertebrae, go again, and just do that. If you did that a couple of times a week, I can guarantee that most people's spinal issues would go away. And, and they wouldn't have, when you go away or they wouldn't get them in the first place because you're keeping your spine mobilised and hydration. So that they're drinking up water so that their discs are hydrated. And to be clear for people, when you talk about being strong, we're not talking about being able to, you know, lift 10 times your own body weight or anything like that. We're just talking about being functionally strong. So being able to support your own body weight, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, what, what kind of movements? I think, so there's like athletic performance goals. And again, athletes aren't the right people to look at because they've got a very different lifestyle. But, and they've got coaches dealing with it all for them and their sole job is to do that if you're a professional so everybody else needs to come somewhere different but as a strength conditioning compromise that i make for normal people i would want you to be able to one and a half times body weight squat two times body weight deadlift not on a straight bar necessarily on a trap bar instead so like you know the standard performance marker is like two and a half times body weight on a on a deadlift if people can get to you know, one and a half will probably protect you from injury. Two will probably make you, yeah, you know, much safer and more effective. Um, like on a row, I would like people to be able to row 75% of what they can press. So if you can press 100 kilos, you, I want you to be at least be able to row 75 kilos on a bent over row or some sort of row action so that you're not super chest dominant. Mm. And actually, if you yeah, that's 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 something that a lot of people do do um, miss, isn't it? Because just in general, because if you go to the gym, there's quite a lot of focus in, especially in kind of commercial gyms. There's a lot of focus on pushing actions. So what can I bench? What can I squat? What can I shoulder press? But there isn't so much about the pulling action. So a lot of people are kind of out of out of balance there, aren't they? Did you say two and a half times your body weight deadlift? That's, yeah. for, that's for an athlete. Yeah. That's, that's athlete. For for a normal person, it's something like Peter, like one and a half or two. I was going to say, I've got a deadlift 240 kilos. Yeah, or lose some weight. <laughs> 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 Jesus. 
But those are, I mean, a, those, are, those are aspirational targets, right? For your, uh, I think it's, I think for athletes, brain's gone dead. I think it's two times body weight on the squat. Yeah, no, it's um, uh, that Dan John book, Dan John and uh, Pavel's book. It's two and a half on the deadlift, um, two on the squat, one and a half on the bench. One yeah. and a half on the bench. That's the worst one out of a lot. Yeah, exactly. That's not easy. 50 kilos bench. Yeah. But they say, um, but they're kind of, they're kind of down from that. From, yeah. But they're leveled down from that for like your more more recreational trainer, but not that recreation would be yeah. one one times on the on the bench. Uh, one and a half on the squat and two on the I'm deadlift. I'm going to have to have a word with you offline about this, Pete. <laughs> you know, you know, go on. No, I was just going to say, so for my client, but these are not like quick goals. So like for my client, someone I'm working with at the moment who's a um, cyclist, like races, but is recreational. We're looking at those numbers because when he came to me and we've been training year now i think and again some slight changes for specificity for cycling so we're front squatting not back squatting so that number would be for a back squat not a front squat um but he's up to body weight now for his front squat so if i put that on a box on his back he'd do one and a half times body weight no problem mm. you know because they're so much harder than a back squat so if you're doing like a kettlebell goblet squat and you're holding a kettlebell here you're going to struggle you know if you get anywhere close to body weight you know, you're, you're, doing well. you're doing really well because that's a real tough exercise. As soon as you move a bar onto your back, then, you know, you'll slap kilos on it straight away. If all you've ever done is either front squat or goblet squat or, you know, whatever you've been doing with your squat action. <laughs> but it's taken us a year to get him, you know, almost to the point of where it was just the bar for the first, you know, and just progressed up using different training methods, getting up to, you know, body weight on a front squat now. And he's bench pressing nearly body weight now. He's deadlifting one and a half times body weight now. Won't be long till he's two times body weight. You know, so they are achievable. It's just like everything, it's not a short-term goal. Mm -hmm. But think about if you'd have started at the beginning of lockdown, strength training, you know, not you guys specifically, but anybody listening, if you'd have started that, it's a bit like, it's that thing I saw the other day, and I don't know if it was Dan John or Pavel or someone else like that, and they said time's going to pass anyway, so why not get strong? That, to be fair, that was, but that's not a lockdown-related statement. No, exactly. You know, you, you, a year is going to pass anyway, so you might as well be doing something towards that in your year. You know, the, the, the point I was going to make, Pete, and I think we said this before, but just to kind of maybe for Bill's benefit and people, anyone, anyone that's listening, it was that whole kind of thing. Like, uh, do you remember that the, the quadrants of the athletes in that? That they talk about the, the quadrant one, two, three, four. Like that's why you don't really want to like to get to those two and a half times deadlift, two times squat, one and a half times like bench, for example. That has to be your sport. Your sport is those lifts. Now that that becomes very specialised, sort of high high weight, you know, higher sort of mass lifted, you know, um, and and low specificity, you know, sorry, high specificity. But that's not going to help you too much for jujitsu, because at some point, if you want to get good at jujitsu, you've got to do jujitsu too, right? So that's why that's when those numbers come down to that kind of that thing. It isn't just because oh, you're not as strong as that person. It's like actually by by doing that, you're probably using up some of the time you could you'd be better off using for your um, for your sport. You know? Yeah, it's like, the, um, it's like the the law of diminishing returns, isn't it? it you yeah. know. 
You've got to focus so much on such a small aspect, haven't you? Yeah. And that's kind of why I, I sort of looked at those numbers and brought them down for, nor, you know, for nor, quote unquote normal people. Yeah. Because I think there's a certain point, exactly that, you get to a point where actually, yeah, it's probably becoming a detriment to your what you're trying to achieve, which is be good at jiu-jitsu or enjoy jiu-jitsu. But, but it's not necessarily a detriment in, oh, you'll be too strong, you'll be too bulky and all this sort of stuff. Oh. That, but you, you're not practising the actual thing you, you're wanting to compete at or you want to be good at. Because I remember like years ago, like the balls bit. Oh, if you put on too much muscle, you 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 lose speed. It's like mm, it's probably because you're doing too much weights and you're not actually practicing the, the the movement. Yeah, and that was before. Actually, it wasn't before because they've understood it for a long time. Certainly, the Russians have about the power curve and the, and the velocity curve that you can mm. move. You got, but you've got to move the whole curve. Mm. That's a yeah. So basically, you need to be able to push heavy weights fast or the intention of speed. You need to be able to push your medium weights fast and your light weights need to be fast. So if someone wants to be fast, you build up that base of strength so they don't injure themselves. And then you'll make them do something with a tennis ball fast. And then you'll make them do something with a, a medium-sized medicine ball fast. And then you'll make them, I don't know. Shot put. Yeah, you know, so, so you work through that power curve. So they not only get strong, fast, pushing heavy stuff, they get fast with light stuff as well and you kind of move yeah. them through that curve and then that curve moves across and that's where you develop the full speed or power curve of the athlete mm. but again most of that gets too complicated for most people literally if everyone could work towards those things that we've talked about in some way they'd be better off and that's what training people outside has taught me over the last year is not having access to very much equipment having barbells weights plates kettlebells you can do a hell of a lot with all of that stuff. But, but I think the key ingredient, and this is this is this isn't a sales pitch for you, Pete, it is that it's the um, not just the programming, but the uh, accountability to actually like I'm turning up and doing my session, and whilst I'm doing my session, I'm actually going to be doing it rather than messing around or, or kind of having my attention elsewhere. You're keeping people like on 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 plan in the session, you know. And if you don't know what to do, definitely go and read anything by Dan John. Follow them on, you know, social media and stuff and follow Pavel. Like, as two starters, both of them are really accessible. The reason I say those two against anyone else, it's no disrespect to anyone else, is they're so accessible. Like, their stuff is so straightforward, so easy to understand. And if you followed one program that they set out, you'd be fine. Very good tips. Um, bringing it back to Jiu-Jitsu. Yes. Question just coming oh, yeah. in. Oh, who, yeah, are you looking, who are you looking forward to rolling with first? Is there, uh, anyone out the, and, uh, is there anyone out of the people that are still training online and, and, and still being involved that you're that are doing particularly well? In answer to the question, uh, question part A, you two, you beautiful bastards. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of, uh, to be fair, like, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and, and ha have a favourite child. Um, <laughs> however, <laughs> no, no. To be fair, it's, I'm just like I say to everyone, like, and this, this, this might be tangential to the question, and I might be completely avoiding actually answering it. But um, I just appreciate people turning up. You know, if, if you're able to and you keep dialing in, that's that's massive for me because it's keeping, yeah, you know, it's keeping me, you know. On the, on the not on the straight and narrow as in I'm going to go and commit a crime, but I mean like just keeping me in a good space, a good space, you know. 
You're talking to someone allowing me to continue doing that stuff, you know. So that's 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 a win. So I appreciate it from from everybody, really. Yeah, I know they didn't answer the question, but I'm not going to. No, I think, yeah, I was going to say you can't can't answer that one, can you? <laughs> I think um, I'm 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 going to answer it. I'm looking forward to get my hands on Chris Penfold because I want to get the I want to get his hair all messed up in that collar when I when I cross choke him again. <laughs> That's a weird, weird fetish you've got going on in your head, Bill. Yeah, his hair's like he's like Jesus now. He's like his hair is like ridiculous. Other than um, other than you two, obviously, I'm looking forward to rolling with all the people that have been training the whole way through. I think that's probably the best. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's a good point. I want to feel how different they feel because of all that training they've been doing. You know, the fact that they've probably been training more consistently than I have. Well, not even probably. They have been able to. So you guys listening now that have been training the whole way through you will have had considerably more hours rolling with an adult than I have because you'd only have to do one hour to have rolled more than I have with an adult. So, you know, you're winning. So, yeah, I want to roll with those people and see what that's like. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, good answer, Pete. Thanks. I think it, it kind of beats Billy's weird one. <laughs> <laughs> I want to touch his hair. I want to. I want to. I want to make him realise that he's got to cut that hair off because it's going to be too long. Listen, you're uh, in preparation, Bill. You're just I'm jealous. Like, yeah. Don't be hate. Don't hate. <laughs> I'm just jealous. I'm just you're, jealous. You're, gonna, you're, you're hating because you're follicular challenged. I am. I'm going to make Chris uh, jo- join the club. Join the club. <laughs> <laughs> or want to join the club. There you go. Um, no, but, but to, to be a little bit more serious about it rather than putting a funny element on, he has been consistent. And I am the same as you, interested to see just how much they've come on. Matt as well. Matt, Matt Wright is um, being consistent. And, yeah. and the, uh, the brothers, I always get their names mixed up. Tim, Tom and Tim and James. And, and They're all not all brothers. One of them's actually the dad. <laughs> I know. I can appreciate you thinking he's that young, though. He looks young <laughs> enough to be, to be one of the brothers, so yeah. Um, and yeah, just Barbara, but just just to get your hands on anyone's going to be great. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And then another one from 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 Matt actually. He said, "Are you guys worried?" I'm not. I'm just going to answer this now before I even answer the question. Matt, I'm not worried at all because um, I never had it in the first place. Um, the wrong answer. I know what the question is, and that's the right. Are answer. you worried? You've lost it. A little because you haven't rolled for so long. Well, if I lost it, I'd have to have some. I'd have to have some clarification on what he means by lost it. <laughs> yeah, can you lose something you've never had? And do you mean like have I gone a little bit cuckoo from it? Yes. Yes. Also. So that sounds like someone wants a shot at the crown. Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> I, I, I thought you'd be best chance. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, th- I think for me, maybe, but I'm not that bothered. Obviously, I, I wouldn't, retrospectively, I don't really want to take a year off of training. But, you know, it's all, it, we said before, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the, the, the journey being the destination and all that just gives you more chance <coughs> to get sharper again. You know? There's some, um, I know, the thing I've noticed is there's some little details sometimes when I go through like the whole syllabus. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when I come back around to a move that we haven't looked at for a long time, um, obviously with the kids' classes, 
um, especially in the older kids' classes, there's some things I come back around to and I go, which way around was that? And it's like a split second of, uh, but then again. Yeah, you that, if you were doing that kinesthetically on someone, it wouldn't be a problem. That's what I mean. As soon as I started, it was something on the back the other day, and I don't think it kind of showed very much, but there was something I was like, huh? But because I had the dummy, I was like, oh, okay, oh, no, it's that way. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't remember what it was. It was like such a minor thing that in the older kids' class that it kind of just dropped back in again. Um, but I think it's what held uh, who was saying it might have been Alan Baker or Haldor I can't remember which now was saying no you don't really forget anything you just uh, last week Haldor, right that your timing might just be off a little bit I had this conversation with someone the other day uh, one, one of our guys was, was messaging me um, and it's like you, you, your, you know, your timing is going to be off. You, you know, your your recognition of indicators might be off. Not that you don't know them anymore, but that you just, it's not as reflexive a, a, a response. But I, the, the point I was making, you haven't got to learn the same lessons again. And I don't mean lessons as in, I'll oh, do an elbow escape or something. I mean the lessons about what is connection, what is pressure, what is patience. You know, the kind of the, the, the stuff you learn by doing jujitsu, not, you know, not the moves. Yeah. And you're not going to have to relearn that again. You understand, you've had those lessons, you know? Your head's so shiny, you look like... It is, isn't it? You Especially like if you sit here, look. <laughs> you look like <laughs> background. <laughs> no, it's almost like I've got the Zoom background on and I'm just, it's just like, it's cut it half the head off. It does. I'm, I'm really admiring your shiny head. Is this yeah. what it's like for you all the time, I mean? <laughs> yeah. Actually, kind of the same. I think... Um, like I th we've always joked about this that I get better when I don't train. <laughs> He's going to be like God level, but <laughs> oh my God, that's not fair. <laughs> the times when I've had times off, and you know, I think I figured out what it is, and a year is definitely not going to be helpful. Yeah, you might there might be a bit of a hockey shape uh, response yeah, curve. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I figured out what it is, and I I will be the example. But like with Matt asking the question, obviously he's been doing stuff with Lucas. Bill's been doing stuff with Aaron. Obviously, Rob's been doing it with Claire. I'm probably the person who's done the least, apart from on Bob, the dummy. Um, that Bob, that, that dummy's taking a pound. His head's nearly coming off, coming off, and his arms are starting to come off as well. But you can tell I don't like leg locks because his legs are fine. You've um, 50% of the body, Pete. Exactly. I'm just not, it's not that I don't like him, I'm just not very good at him. The, um, I think it's, if I have a short period off, I think what happens is some of my, your normal patterns drop away yeah so the, then the, the noise. yeah you innovate more or for me i think i find stuff more yeah. because i've i'm not stuck in a routine of i do this move to this move to this move to this move which that, we're all guilty of yeah which, Normally, which aren't we? i won't have now i've just got three moves that i remember it's, it's almost like you, you you've kind of you've you've cleared the cache of of all the recently opened files yeah you know, because you haven't got a button that does that, you, the only time, only way you can have that is by just time. I'm struggling with my RAM at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I'm not worried. I think worried would definitely be the wrong word. Will there be things I'll have lost? Yeah, definitely. But then so will everyone else. So I won't notice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> look, he's back. Oh, look. <laughs> There he is. So yeah, just to roll, just to train would be nice. 
Yeah, just just for, just for the just for the not not I wouldn't say privilege and luxury, but just for the just for the ability, just just be thankful, just to be able to interact, you know, on that kind of on that kind of non-verbal, physically led basis, you know, having that conversation with people again. I've just missed the ha- the the hangout of it all as well. Just having oh, yeah, that's the social aspect for sure. Yeah, the social aspects of having you know that buzz of thirty people in the class, you know, having thirty, twenty, whatever. How many could it be in the class? And being able to have a you know wander around people and be able to chat and catch up and laugh yeah. and a joke and yeah. obviously the training and that's know. why uh, going back to the very first question that's why I think a commune is the way forward. There you go. I told you it's you. You've got a thing about togas. <laughs> it's like a proper Julius Caesar. Yeah, no Vikings more than uh, Romans. Is it? Uh, so you're going to be a commune that dresses up like a Viking? Yeah. Okay. That makes just be, be careful of the um, sugared, sugared beverages, all right? Yeah. Does that make you a communist? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you going all political on me. Don't no. do politics. Yeah, let's keep away from that on, this, yeah. on, the, uh, <laughs> on the podcast. Keep it politically neutral. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Just, yeah, it'd be nice to build fight Ireland. Cool. Any other questions, Billy, from yourself? Not from me. I've, I've had all my questions answered over the years. <laughs> I'm just making it up as we go along again. Um, no. Good. Saving for the next one. Saving for the next one. Saving for next week. We did have the discussion about what we're going to call the podcast after there's no more lockdown. I said just the Chronicles. <laughs> Or the not the lockdown chronicles. I'll just keep it the same for consistency. Just as a reminder of just of, of that time, how tough it that was. Time that no one wants to talk about in the future. Okay. If anyone's got any ideas and you've made it this far, like I said last week, then uh, just leave a comment and just let us know. If you've made it this far and you leave a comment, we'll be really impressed. That you we'll be really impressed. If anyone answers this question, I'll be seriously impressed. That's some staying power. And hold on, who are we sponsored by this week? Oh, I don't know. I've got a comb. What have you got on your table? I've got some bone conducting headphones. I've got a pink pen. I was drinking wine all the way through. Um, has anyone helped you out with anything this week? Anyone with <laughs> Anyone we should say thank you to and use them as a sponsor? Sponsored by No Ball on your T-shirt. Oh, there you go. No, I'm definitely not sponsored by them. I pay them a lot of money for these T-shirts. <laughs> yeah. Get your next ones for free, Pete. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think they'll ever see me doing CrossFit, so I don't think I'm going to make that. <laughs> so there you go. We're not sponsored this week, so if anyone again wants to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> Hit me up. Right, I'll kill it then. Thank you, everybody, for coming along. Thank you for listening. Again, especially if you've made it this far. We'd love to hear from you if you've made it this far. 